Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Uh, November, as we've been told, is a, is a month of gratitude. We're just saying thank you for the one year. Thank you for the good things that the Lord uh, has done. And um, I don't know, when, when, when you think of uh, gratitude and thanksgiving, what other words come to your mind? <laughs> okay, what other English words <laughs> come to mind? Any thanksgiving, gratitude, appreciate, not necessarily synonyms. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. What mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Celebration, uh-huh. we're almost there. <laughs> okay, a bit off, but yes. <laughs> okay, it's okay. So. <laughs> Actually, the, the word I'm looking for is joy, which goes hand in hand with, with, with celebration. Uh, because what I'm talking about today, someone would ask, how does it relate to gratitude? But if you look at James 1 2, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, so it's in line with the theme for this one. So today we're just looking about we're talking about uh, being cool in the furnace, or when you face uh, trials. And our script for today comes from the book of Daniel, Daniel uh, chapter three, and we'll just be going through uh, this book, uh, just looking at. Uh, verse by verse and just seeing what this story uh, is about. So if you're there, Daniel chapter 3. So I'll, I'll start from verse 1, which says that King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Now, uh, if you go back to the previous chapter, Daniel chapter 2, uh, Nebuchadnezzar was the king of Babylon and he had a dream and he needed someone to come and interpret this dream. But the catch was he did not want to say the, the dream and guys interpret. He said, you come and tell me my dream and interpret it. So all these wise men, so Sarah's came and they could not, they were not able to do it. Uh, and he actually ordered for them to be finished, to be executed. Then when Daniel had this, he went and asked for, I mean, I can do this, but give me time, I go pray, and I'll come and tell you. So he went and prayed together with uh, three other guys, and God showed him the dream and the and interpretation, and he went to Nebuchadnezzar and gave him the dream and the interpretation. Basically, King Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt over a statue. There was a statue that had a, a gold head, the chest was silver, the chest and the arms were silver, bronze belly and thighs, legs were iron, and the feet were a mixture of iron and clay. So, and the interpretation basically was his kingdom, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom, was the gold head. Yeah? And if you notice the material, the materials are becoming uh, inferior as so we move along. Gold, silver, going to iron, bronze, and so on, up to clay. So basically he was being told that his kingdom will end, the gold one, and other kingdoms will come in place, and so on and so forth. And just because of that, Daniel, uh, remember he's a foreigner. 
King Nebuchadnezzar went and uh, conquered uh, Jerusalem and got them. Yeah? And so this is a foreigner. So he did this. He was promoted to become the leader or the governor of the province of, uh, of Babylon. And with that, he also asked the king to uh, appoint three other gentlemen, which, which we'll be talking about. But now, this image that King Nebuchadnezzar has built in Daniel chapter 3, we are told it's an image of gold. So he was insinuating that his kingdom will not come to an end. You know, it will go on forever. But that's not what the dream was. And I can imagine what King Nebuchadnezzar was feeling because he's been told an inferior kingdom or inferior kingdoms will come and overtake you. And he must be thinking, I mean, how? You cannot even think about it. For those who follow uh, uh, football, but not for clubs, for nations, there's a nation called San Marino. Now these guys, on average, they, they lose by 4 nil. 4 nil, 5 nil, this at the time they were beaten 9 nil. So imagine, you're going to play these people and you're told that San Marino will beat you. You know, even you would be like, ah, no. You know. In fact, I think even the guys who win by a scoreline of 2-1 or 2-0 against them, you actually feel bad because others have beaten them like 9-0. Yeah? So Nebuchadnezzar maybe felt like, how can these guys just come and overtake me? I mean, I am the world power at this point, you know. Verse 2 then says that, he then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial of officials uh, to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So uh, this, uh, all these people had mentioned, they came, and they assembled for the dedication of the image that the king had set up, and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Now you see, the thing that precedes them actually worshiping this idol is actually music, as you can see. Now no one will will bear me witness that music is, a, is such a powerful tool, you know, both for evil uh, and for good. I mean, they, there's been discussions of late about Kanye West uh, releasing a gospel album coming to, as in there's so much hype whereby you think that if it was just someone else who'd given their life to Christ, even if it's, it, there would not be so much hype, but there's so much discussion about it. And you know why music is so powerful is because Satan is a musician. You know, he used to lead all of heaven in worship before pride filled him and he was banished uh, from there. So that's why there's power in music. But God loves music, God loves worship. And that's why when you tell someone of worship, we can worship God in so many ways, but if you tell someone worship, the first thing that comes to mind is singing, is music. Music is actually very powerful. Verse 7 says, Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and all peoples of every language fell down and worshipped the image of God, of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers uh, came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. 
that is attacked eh? when you're going to a, a powerful person eh? at least you may the king live forever hata before ni semekelena sema your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn flute zither lyre harp pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace but there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach Meshach and Abednego who pay no attention to you your majesty they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up now these guys it's like you know like when you're in school there are those guys who just can't keep quiet who was making noise you say so these guys just look like those kind of people yeah and i don't know when when i read when i when i read this name abednego to me it sounds so african abednego <laughs> you know and you and but they're not africans you know but so shadrach meshach and abednego had been appointed as administrators in Babylon as in they're foreigners you know and so you can imagine these guys are like these guys have taken our jobs but this what these guys don't remember is they were going to be executed because they could not translate or interpret the, the dream so they owe it to these uh, Israelites or these Jews but now they are here saying these guys they are not going down to you probably if these guys are executed we can have their jobs that's i can imagine that's what going that's what's going on in their in their minds and you know this discussion of foreigners coming in it's it's something global you can see if we, what is happening in south africa probably these astrologers felt the same way that these guys they have just come and risen up the ranks and they are ruling us yeah verse 13 says that furious with rage Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? When your names are mentioned there, eh, you know you're in trouble. Eh? Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. It's like he's giving them a chance to redeem themselves. Eh? But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So at times, when you make a, when, when you make a decision to stand firm or to stand on your own principles, it is normally tested. Yeah? So like you can imagine like them, they made a decision. And now they are before the king. At that point, it's very difficult. You, they can even say, probably God will understand we're in a difficult position. And even the king is offering them another opportunity. You know, if you guys decide to bow down, it's our. So it's, diff, it's, very, it's very challenging for them. It reminds me of a friend of mine who told me of a story. One time they were caught, they were arrested. You know the way Munapandia Matatu plays Hakuna stage. So there were cops just waiting there, I think Kanzo guys. So what they were doing is they just wait for guys boarding, then they go and arrest them. And of course, uh, they'll tell you if you have uh, something to give them, it can be overlooked. But if you don't have, there was a land cruiser waiting there. So my friend was like, ah, of course, Miss Bayani, Miss Wachaikai. So he went to the land cruiser, 
and after maybe an hour or so, the Land Cruiser was parked and they were taken to the cop station. So what the, 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 the cop did, before anything, he just took them to look at the cells where they were going to be put inside. And a number of them were like, Ulikuna Samaji, Situnezongia, you know. So your, your resolve will be tested. Even if you made a decision, just know that it will be tested again and again. Verse 16 says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I mean, that's a very, that's a very bold statement. You know, I think for me, I'd be like, you know, those sorcerers are haters, you know, you appointed us to your government, we're doing a good job, you know. They've even forgotten that it's because of us that they are alive. And even you remind Nebuchadnezzar, as a global leader, you're on the diversity and inclusion front, you're, you're miles ahead because you're, you're pointing guys from all over, you know. But these guys just tell them, we have no need, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. Remember this time Nebuchadnezzar was the superpower, the head of the, of the superpower. Then verse 17 says that if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So they understood and appreciated God's power. God is able to deliver them from uh, this uh, furnace. So God's ability is not in question. But verse 18, I think this one really moved me, where it says that, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. So they do not doubt God's ability. That one is clear. But here they also have a good understanding of submission to God. Yeah? They don't doubt his ability, but neither did they presume to know God's will. So they submitted themselves to, to the will of God. And you know, this is where some of us, we start questioning God, we start saying, how can a loving God allow, how can God allow this? And I remember like three years ago, I was in such a situation when my dad passed away, I questioned God so much. Didn't we pray? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? And you start questioning, how can a God like you just allow some things? And you know, at times you can actually say it's like you're, you're, you're building an idol because you're forming a God in your own image. You know, but there's who God is, yeah? I mean, even when Jesus, before he was crucified, he actually prayed. He wanted this cup of suffering to be taken away, but he prayed that, not my will, but yours be done. I mean, even Jesus submitted his will to his Father, God, yeah? These guys actually went and said, we will not serve your gods. What boldness is that? You know, eh? especially knowing what awaits you. But you wonder where they got uh, the strength to stand up to the king. So if you read, if you read from uh, Daniel chapter 1, you realize these guys have been going through some tests. And they've been going through them successfully. So those tests were less dramatic than this one. And they were able to submit to God. And God was able to come through for them. So it built their faith in God. That if God took me through that, he can take me through this. In, in, in chapter 1, we're told that they were chosen uh, to go and be trained in the ways of the king. Then after three years, they'll, they'll, serve, they'll serve in the, in the kingdom. Yeah? 
and we were told that they were meant to be given royal food. But Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we will not defile ourselves with the royal food. We just want vegetables and water. Now, that's a very difficult... <laughs> I did not even have that conversation. You know, I just eat <laughs> the king's food. And the person who was in charge of them was like, if the king sees you guys, uh, you're eating vegetables and, 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 and water, sorry, vegetables and water, of course, your health is expected, you will start to shrivel. And these other guys eating the royal food will grow healthy. But he actually gave them uh, like a dare. And after a number of days, with just vegetables and water, they were more healthy than these other guys. You know, and it's interesting that this first challenge relates to food and it got me thinking when, when we're told to fast. And we always, hi, me I fast in between meals or nini. It's, it's, there's something that if you cannot conquer, you might, you might find it very difficult to conquer challenges that will come up ahead, you know. So the, the, this uh, discipline of fasting is very crucial, you know. So I find, found it interesting that the first one was to do with food. Then of course we've seen the second one about the interpretation of the dream. If, if that would not have happened, their lives would not have been spared, you know. So they've been going through a series of challenges and trials and they've been faithful to God, and thus their resolve was strengthened because they've seen what God did for them previously. So that's why they had this confidence to come before the king. But remember, they did not know whether they'd be thrown into the furnace or not, whether God would rescue them before they were thrown into the furnace or not, but they knew that they've submitted their will to God. And Hebrews 11 is a book of faith, the whole of faith. And these guys feature there, you know, let me just read 33 and 34. Talks of uh, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Who shut the mouth of lion, mouths of lions? That's Daniel, we know that. Then 34 says, quenched the fury of the flames. And as we'll see, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So because of their faith, they are actually in the hall of faith in, in um, uh, Hebrews 11. And I want us to get something clear. When we talk of faith in situations, we are not commanding those situations. We are not commanding those situations. We are submitting our will to God's will. No. We can actually say, I have faith that will not be thrown into the furnace. They did not say that. They had faith and submitted their will to God's will. That is what faith, that's the faith that we are looking at. So verse 19 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. So by estimation, the furnace, I think just looking at uh, the degrees when people are cremated and so on, you can say the furnace was around 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit or 538 degrees centigrade. So you can see how that is odd. When our temperature gets to 39, we feel like 
<laughs> you know. So this is 538 degrees centigrade. And, and the numerous, they had numerous clothing and they were tied. You know, at work, I am, I am a fire marshal. So one of the things we were trained is on fire. In fact, one of the first things is something called the fire triangle. For there to be fire, there are three things that are needed. One is heat, uh, two is oxygen, three is fuel. And so we are told the king's command was so urgent. So these things, they are being tied. It's like fuel, yeah? So it speeds up the burning. That's why Atoki Ashajiko, yes, the charcoal is fuel, but you also put papers because they are consumed faster. So that's what happened here. The fuel, I mean, the clothes that uh, they, they're being tied around was to hasten uh, that process when they were there. We also told that the people who took these people to the furnace, they actually died. You know, that these are the strongest men that were there. They are actually, they did not even enter the furnace because it was seven times hotter than usual. They actually died as they were taking these guys to the furnace. Verse 24 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Want there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, Your Majesty. Then uh, he said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like son of the gods. This is very, very interesting, you know? There's a fourth person in the furnace with them. He actually says, like the son of, of God, you know. When God checks in to that situation, to that furnace, it's cool. We're actually told that I see four men walking. I mean, walking does not show like they were in a panic mode. Maybe they had their Fitbits and they had to achieve their steps target for the day. So they were just walking in the furnace, you know. But God was with them. God can deliver us from a trial or he can sustain and strengthen us in a trial, you know. And that's what we are seeing in this situation, that God was with them in the furnace. God sustained them in the furnace. God strengthened them in the furnace. I wonder if they were not thrown into the furnace, if they were rescued before, whether this story would have made it into the Bible for us to learn from, you know. So at times, trials have to happen so that God's hand can be seen, you know. So just imagine how their faith was strengthened by that. They've seen God from chapter 1 coming through for them. And each time it's a bigger trial and each time God comes through for them. And the other thing that is very interesting is that they were liberated in the fire. These guys were bound. And when they were in the fire, we're told, they were unbound and unharmed. The fire burned what was holding them, you know. Without the fire, they would not have been unbound because they had been bound before being taken into the fire. So the fire was necessary for their liberation. You see, verse 26 says, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Imagine he can say that now. Eh? <laughs> servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of, of, of their heads singed. 
their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. They were not even smelling of smoke. There's a time uh, we had just cleared high school. I think you had already gone to UK at that point. So we decided as, as men, we take ourselves to Naivasha for a camp. You know, and it was all full camping, uh, firewood the whole night because it was cold, stories and all that. Then the following day we came back, and I think when when we got to town and all went our separate ways, so I got to, into Amatri to go home, that's when it hit me, I was really smelling of smoke. <laughs> you know, I'd spent the whole night just in front of a, of a campfire. But now we're told these guys do not even smell of smoke, leave alone being, being burnt. Yeah? Verse 28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him uh, and, and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god expect, except their own god. Therefore I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble for no other god can save in this way. I think... Uh, one thing Nebuchadnezzar did prior to this is all those places they went and captured and the captives they got, he allowed them to worship their, their own gods. He was liberal on that. You worship your own god. At then now he comes, now he wants to be worshipped with his statue. Then after this miracle, he actually tells them, now you guys worship the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's because of their stand that even the king acknowledges this God, and the king decrees that no one, else, no one will worship another God but the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then you are told that the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Very interesting. After all that, they had been appointed, now they've been promoted. So trials precede promotion. I know it doesn't make sense, and there's actually a, a quote I saw this week. Uh, by someone known as Paul Tony, it says that faith is not shelter against difficulties, but belief in the face of all contradictions. Hmm? Faith is not shelter against difficulties, but belief in the face of all contradictions. Now, the, the verse I read earlier was from James, James chapter 1. So I just want to go through it again, whereby uh, James was actually the half-brother of, of Jesus. And I found it interesting that uh, James and his siblings became believers after the resurrection. <laughs> Imagine other guys believed in this game. The guys, but, but you understand, siblings, you know. I remember when, 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 when I decided to become a follower and my bro used to ask me after one month, Badu Koko! As in, they were like, because I think as siblings, you've seen, you've seen the best and the worst of, <laughs> of your siblings, and you're like, I won't say easy, I will But now, this guy, he's writing to the 12 tribes of Israel scattered, and, he's, and, and, and these are the first believers, and they were going through difficulties, going through trials. So verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I think we've seen that, seen that in uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah? 
Let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So it doesn't say if you face trials. It says whenever means that it's certain that trials will come. Yeah? But God does not leave you like that. God, God always provides a way out. You're going to face trials. I think KJV talks of temptations. And as I came, as I came to learn in classical Greek, they used to use the same word for trials and, and temptations. Because where God sends a trial uh, for you, Satan will try to exploit it for you to sin. Just like what I was, ask, I was asking Pastor Fred, in those difficult moments, you didn't feel like God a kai, you know. And, and, and it's the same thing even when Jesus went to the wilderness. It was a difficult time. You're in the desert, a trying time. Then the devil came to try and tempt him to sin against God. If you read the story of Job, it's the same thing. You know, God was boasting about Job. God, please don't <laughs> boast about me, you know. Eh? So it's the same thing that there's a trial and you can see from the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you go through it successfully, you're going to the next level. But the devil will try to exploit because you're being tested. You're, even your faith in God is being tested. So the devil is trying to exploit it for you to sin against, against God. Yeah? And it's interesting, when you read verse 12 of James 1, it says, uh, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Crown of life, these guys were promoted at the end. You can see, there is a pattern to it all. And you know it's difficult, yeah? It's, 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 it's not an easy thing to say that I'll have faith that God will rescue me from this, or I have faith that God's will, I'll, I'll follow God's will. But he, he tells us that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, um, if you're committed to obey God, God will not let you down. Abraham was called to sacrifice his son, but after his display of commitment and obedience to God, a ram was provided to be sacrificed instead. Abraham was called father of, na of many nations. Yeah? That time he was, didn't even have a child. It seemed impossible and he was old. When the child finally came, he's being told to kill the son. Doesn't make sense. But he was committed to uh, obeying God. And God actually came through for him and showed uh, and provided the ram to be sacrificed instead of his son. That's, the, that's why I'm saying faith, there's contradictions when we talk of faith. You know, it's not that there'll be no hardships. But, as we mentioned earlier, that it's belief in the face of all contradictions. Now, as I finish, I just uh, something I read this week from uh, a speaker uh, known as Ryan Meadows, whereby he said that not every trial sends me to rock bottom, but every time I'm at rock bottom, it's because of a trial. Sometimes it takes hitting rock bottom in order for Jesus to show you he is the rock at the bottom. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. Then he goes on to say that we all know what is required of us when we want to make physical improvements with our bodies, especially if our goal is to gain muscle. It requires taking our body through some serious trials in the way through. In those trials or those workouts, 
we literally break down our muscle fibers. And it's not in the breakdown process that they grow. It's in the restoration and build-up process that follows. That's the process where we are consuming protein, drinking water and amino acids, resting, eating healthy, etc. Spiritually, it works in the same way. For there to be a restoration process to grow in, there must first be something we need to be restored from, like trials. So when we go through trials and our spiritual muscle is broken down and we feel completely defeated, what does the restoration process look like? It is a series of choices. We choose to worship instead of worry. We choose to pray instead of panic. We choose to operate in faith instead of fear. When our world is crashing down around us, we stop and talk to the one who created the world. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So there are some disciplines we need to cultivate. Because even when Jesus was tempted, he said, it is written. He didn't start opening the Bible. He had already read it. He had already read the word of God, internalized it, you know. When the devil comes, he won't give you that opportunity. So we need to cultivate early in advance before we face those trials and, and make ourselves ready for when they come to be able to withstand uh, the, the evil one. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road.